Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Dr. Paola Bruno. Thank you so much for being here. So you are a licensed acupuncturist, a lot of background in traditional Chinese medicine and Asian bodywork. And I was intrigued um, when I was visiting your website that there's an entire section on beauty and skincare. And I thought, well, this is definitely a big topic. And there are so many different beauty types of things out there um, that are pretty invasive. So we talk about cosmetic surgery, Botox injections. I mean, there's really a lot of different things that people I know, so many people I know have done. And then I kind of hear about how traumatic it was, how long the healing process is, and then all of these other issues that result later. So this idea of natural solutions for beauty, mm-hmm. less invasive solutions for beauty, um, really piqued my interest. So I was hoping that we could kind of talk about um, traditional Chinese medicine approach to skincare. Absolutely. How, how did you... Um, maybe originally embark on this topic because typically with um, acupuncture, you know, I kind of associate that with things like pain relief um, and more, you know, health conditions, things like that. The non-frivolous. The (laughs) non-frivolous. Absolutely. And yet what do people, especially women, but not just women, fixate on? so much and spend lots and lots of money on is, I guess what you could call the more frivolous things, our aesthetics, (laughs) our appearance. Um, So how did you, you know, kind of stumble upon this, so to speak? So while, of course, I can always go off on tangents. While I was still in my program, four-year program, um, one of the things that we could study was aesthetic acupuncture, simply because it's very popular, mm-hmm. it's a good way to develop a skill that you could get a wide range of patients for that. And so I took one of the, the, the seminars that you could take to learn and fell in love with it. Um, So I think that one thing that might really help is to talk about how people are trained in facial rejuvenation acupuncture. Normally, okay, there are a few different ways that you can acquire this knowledge. One of them, there's a method, Meizen. And most people know what the Meizen protocol is because it was featured on Dr. Oz, Uh, Oprah Winfrey had an article about it in her magazine. Mm. Um, It's just a real popular, well-known, and it works. It's a good good protocol. So I had that um, training, and I like it a lot. And then one of the founders of my school, uh, 
um, who is from China, Dr. Wu, and his wife, who is also a physician, gave us a training if we wanted to. It was a separate training um, in very traditional Chinese medicine, constitutional. And then I was able to do an internship under the direction of Dr. Wu. So his is a much more classically traditional Chinese medicine. The Meizen is a protocol very specific. Mm. So those are two different ways to learn this. So having both of these trainings, I really fell in love with it. And then while I was in school, I was already certified to practice Twina, which is traditional Chinese bodywork therapy. Close to a massage, it's like getting acupuncture without needles. Um, think acupressure. And so while I was still in school, I developed my own signature no needle uh, protocol for facial rejuvenation. And I, I really grew to love it for a couple reasons. One, it works. And two, people love it. Mm. So while I was in my student internship and I had over a thousand hours of supervised internship, if you came in for anxiety and you had lines here, and I should have done my own lines before I came in, I would say, oh, do you mind? I'm, I'm learning how to do facial rejuvenation. Can I, can I practice on these? And people would be so happy afterward. They'd feel calm. They'd feel relaxed. Mm. So not only it's not just frivolous, right. it's also great for mood and overall well-being. Mm. So I really fell in love with that. Right. And it's so funny because, you know, we really hold a lot of importance around the aesthetic, you know, putting our best face forward, you Absolutely. could say. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, interesting relationship between, you know, that there's actually some stress-relieving benefits of, you know, the actual um, receiving the acupuncture, but then also just by having that improved appearance, that's also going to help up uplift their mood and oh, yes. uplift their confidence and yes. overall quality of life, I would say. Um, living in the culture that we live in, which is so appearance focused, yeah. um, that's, a, that's a really big piece for people. And I can understand why people... Um, you know, end up down the road of, of cosmetic surgeries and Botox and all of this because of those pressures, you know, pressures. Internalizing messages that you're not good enough, you're not pretty mm. enough, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Mm. Inject this, cut that out. Not necessary. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about how traditional Chinese medicine can help in improving the appearance of the skin? Absolutely. So again, the principles of balance here also are really important. Mm. Um, you, there, there are several ways that you can approach this. You can look at someone's face and say, oh, there's red here and paleness there. And what does this mean for the whole physical person's health? Mm. So just like you can treat the ear for the whole body or the feet or the hands, the face is the same. So general overall health, the facial treatment can, can fix that. Wow. But what I will say is if, if we want to start with the more aesthetic and not the good for you and all of that, <laughs> let's do it. 
So what you can do with either either the TCM or the Maison, or there are a few different approaches, mm -hmm. is you start with teeny tiny needles. And some protocols will use lots and lots of needles and others will use less. The Maison does use a lot of needles. People love it. Now, I can give you a correlation. If you go in and you get micro-needling at the spa, mm -hmm. lots and lots of needles in the face, that's breaking, you know, making these little micro-traumas and collagen repair, you end up with a smoother skin and brighter complexion and the lines are a little bit smaller. So to do that, and here I brought in some props, which I know that the listeners can't uh, see, but we can describe. The needle is about as long as your thumbnail. They're really, really tiny. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you put these little needles in the face at specific points, and it helps uh, build collagen. Mm. Really nice for the face. Then, depending on the protocol you're using, slightly larger needle, so thinking about the last joint of your finger at your fingertip, if the needle's about that long. So if you have bigger lines, like, I should have done this before I came here, there's elevens <laughs> that people, um, you know, they go and get the Botox and then their face is frozen. Don't mm -hmm. do that. Threading these needles works like magic. Wow. It works like magic. And people are so happy when they get up and, you know, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And what's super cool about this is I noticed when I was in student clinic that my anxiety patients, once these lines got lessened, would feel happier. And I did a little bit of research, and sure enough, what do you know? At UT Austin and some other scientists in Germany uh, did some studies on Botox and mood. And I actually wrote a blog post about this. If the... Doctors put a Botox injection into what is yin tong, the um, third eye, the levens, mm -hmm. right? People with depression felt less depressive symptoms. If they did the Botox here, they felt more depressive symptoms. And hmm. the theory was, surprise, Chinese medicine has known this forever, um, that connection between mind and body. So if you can't smile, obviously you're not going to feel as happy. If you can't frown, you're going to feel a little less sad. Now, it's not that it's wow. for depression, but it's a card in the hand of cards that you can change to make yourself feel less depressed. Wow. So Very in any case, so what you do then for your aesthetic treatment is you... Put in the small needles to help build collagen. You thread the bigger, the lines, mm -hmm. right? And then, generally, I didn't, this would be a little thick. So this, this was an exemplary needle about as long as your finger. So you'd get something sort of in between this and this. Um, the muscles of the face are pretty small. 
but you can work with the lines here. Mm -hmm. um, you can put um, needles up at the hairline to lift the muscles, strengthen the muscles. Mm. Um, for instance, here here is where the bigger the bigger needles will help a person. Is if you have made a certain face your whole life long, you know how mom says, "Don't make that face; your face will freeze that way." Mm -hmm. That's kind of true in a way. If there's repetitive facial expressions, you will end up with jaw clenching. Mm. So the slightly larger needles to work on the bigger muscles. Yeah. So from muscle to deeper lines to fine lines and collagen, it all depends on what, what size needle you use. Wow. And then, I mean, looking at these needles, they're incredibly tiny. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost hard hard yeah, to even needles. see it, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think about the needles that I use for sewing or whatever. This seems like maybe it's like a fifth or a tenth oh, as big like, as a sewing needle. They're so tiny. Yeah, they're so tiny. Um, and then, is there blood? If you are, you know, because I mean, I think about the skin of the face just like being really delicate. Like, do people typically bleed if they're getting this treatment? Sometimes you might get a little drop or two, but it's minimal. You're okay. not. So you don't want to do the thicker needles over fine veins, right? Mm -hmm. Um, generally you'll rub your thumb across the skin and find and just avoid right. the veins. So you don't want to leave someone with a bruised face. Absolutely not. Which is interesting because I think about people that are getting some kind of cosmetic surgery. I mean, like their whole face will be a bruise yeah. for several months. Um, so getting... You know, um, something like this, the acupuncture for the face, is it something like that where you have like weeks of recovery time afterwards oh, or? No, no, no. I have only seen one person get a really hideous black eye from, and that was a student we were practicing on each other in class. It wasn't my patient. But one of my friends, who is a wonderful acupuncturist now, really, really excellent, um, she was working on one of the classmates, and, you know, we were just learning. Mm -hmm. But we start in class working with each other, and then we go on to student clinic, and by the time we actually are seeing, I mean, between when we practice on each other to when we're in student clinic, there's, yeah. Um, but by student clinic on, you, you pretty much know. So I've only seen one really nasty black eye on a person. The worst I've ever seen, sometimes you get a little bit of black and blue, but mm. it's light. Mm -hmm. So, But you are not putting needles in people where they're going to get, mm -mm, no. Right. So in terms of something that you can do, facial rejuvenation, sure, that the very next day you're not going to have oh, some no. kind of big bruise or something, can definitely see where this is far preferable to yeah. some of those other. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. 
Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. So it's not just the needles. So my facial protocol that I developed, um, and most, most people who perform facial rejuvenation acupuncture will also do things like the jade roller, uh, jade gua sha instrument, and we do cupping. So the cupping, um, very gentle if there's facial puffiness. Mm. Um, everybody wants to do something about their underneath their chin. Most people have a little bit of fat there. Um, they, you know, puffiness, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So the cups are great for sculpting the face mm. and um, moving lymph, draining lymph. Absolutely wonderful. Also, remember. The muscles in the face are pretty small, so if you squint a lot and you have a tight, tense, shortened muscle in your face because you've made the same expression for 100 million years, cupping, gentle cupping is just mm. as wonderful as, you know, the more intense cupping that you will get Um you know, the bigger ones, but it's Mm -hmm. designed for your face. So that's pretty cool. And then gua sha is a scraping. So cupping, um, and, you know, for the people who can't see this because they're listening, just Google facial cupping, and you'll see these cups with a big purple or a big blue uh, bulb on the end of it, and they're small glass cups. Mm -hmm. So that's a pulling therapy. You put it on, and it pulls the skin, right? Mm. The gua sha instrument, and that is spelled, if you want to look it up, is G-U-A, new word sha, S-H-A. And so that is a scraping therapy. And if a person, uh, and this goes off into another subject, if a person has fever or, or some sort of a heat condition, mm. you scrape with a metal instrument and it, it um, releases heat, right? Mm. So that's wonderful. Well, on the face, we use a cooling jade instrument, and rather than pull, it's a push. So you move body fluid along, you loosen tension. If there's any hot spots on the face, you can move that without leaving marks. Wow. So that's wonderful. And then the jade roller is super, super popular at this juncture of time. Um, Google jade roller and... I know, I've seen them everywhere. I actually got one, and then I was like, well, it feels nice. But can you maybe explain a little bit about how the jade roller works? Absolutely. So, again, you've got to think of body fluids. So, lymph, um, any sort of, oh, you know, if you have too much salt, maybe you've got puffy under your eyes. Um, You haven't been sleeping so well, maybe puffy. Mm. Um, Too much sodium in the diet. Whatever the case may be, if you've got facial puffiness and lack of of movement, um, you just do this nice jade rolling uh, treatment. The little end is, you know, more along here, right? Okay, the little, like, delicate around the eyes. 
So it's super cooling, um, moves the chi and the blood and the lymph, um, restores balance in the face, definitely gets rid of puffiness. People say it feels wonderful. Mm -hmm. People love the jade roller. Um, and that has been a stalwart of Chinese um, aesthetic treatment since forever. They love jade, absolutely revere it for its uh, beauty and healing properties. So a jade instrument, either your gua sha or the roller, are almost always going to be part of your treatment. Wow. And then that's wonderful, too, because this is something people can do at home, right? Exactly. Yes, you can. And so the nice thing about the jade roller, it's so popular, you can go online and Google it, and there are no end to tutorials. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes with the gua sha instrument. So... Either one of these are things that you can easily do at home. The one that I would be disinclined to do at home would be the cupping. For the simple reason that facial skin is thinner and you really want to know what you're doing mm -hmm. to not pull. You, it's hard to go wrong with the jade instrument. Right. This one, unless you know what you're doing. I mean, you can and you can buy them, but it's better to go to someone else and get them to do it. Right. And obviously, you need to... Go. At home, at, you don't no. want to do at home acupuncture I, on yourself, I maybe. Do it on myself, but yeah. But after many years of working oh, on other people, is. right? <laughs> but as far as the jade instruments, I actually wrote a blog post about this. I have several, as you mentioned, blog posts about this. But there are wonderful tutorials, and I would encourage everyone. And they're not super expensive. You can mm -hmm. get. Um, you can either go to an herb store. My school, Aoma, has sells these at the herb store. You can get them um, from Amazon.com. Um, so easy to get a hold of. You definitely want to make sure you keep it clean. Mm -hmm. um, you know, wash. I always, uh, because, you know, I treat different people, um, special copy wipes to make sure that you, you know, mm. don't... Um, have germs that's important but if you have your own and you use it at home you don't have to be quite that obsessive right like and then obsessive. how should I because I do have a jade roller yeah. um how would I go about cleaning it just using you wash it wipe it off you take um maybe even alcohol you know whatever works for you um I wash um I put you know cleaning solution anti- um, bacterial solution, and then I wipe it. But again, you know, right. I'm obsessive, and I, I want to make sure that everything's super clean. Um, you just want to make sure that you don't have gunk buildup on the little edges there. If you okay. start getting gunk buildup, you take maybe a Q-tip or um, what do you call a toothpick. Mm -hmm. um, so you just want to make sure you're not gunky. These are easy to keep clean, super easy to wash. Yeah. Um, and then what you can do, this is super, if you um, tend to allergies or you are in a hot place like Austin, put it in the refrigerator. Oh. Super cool. Really, really nice. Feels very, very good. Mm -hmm. And then another thing with the jig roller, you can even do it on the back of your neck. Mm. So really cooling and moving. 
So this is, a J roller is something that everybody should have and use. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you mentioned that, um, you know, doing the back of the neck, I thought about in our last podcast, you had mentioned there's a, you a know, spot, spot behind yeah. the ears that's often, um, yeah, often uh, something that is common among people that can't sleep. Yeah, so I'm thinking, so wow, you know. rub um, down the back of the neck here with your jade instrument. Wow. It feels really good, mm-hmm. super relaxing, definitely should be part of the repertoire. Yeah, and definitely I think before bed I'm going to start yeah, doing, doing that little right. spot. Because, you know, also another thing that will sometimes keep me awake at night is just feeling too warm, Yeah, you know. Um, so having that, like, cooling sensation cooling. on the back of the neck, mm-hmm. such a great idea. What are some other recommendations you could make for people that, you know, again, were most of us sitting there wishing that we had the money to get cosmetic surgery or we wish we, you know, whatever, this, that, and the other thing. Um, I love sharing things with people that they can do at home (laughs) to care for themselves. Absolutely. So first of all, think about this. Diet is everything. So if you are not, for instance, eczema, other skin conditions, rashes, generally you start by healing the gut. So if you're not happy with your skin, maybe think to yourself, what can I change in my diet? Can I eat less processed food? Can I avoid sugar? Mm. Um... You know, can I eat maybe slowly and not be in front of the computer wolfing Mm. um, and, and not even really tasting my food? Remember, digestion starts in the mouth. So you take that bite of food, and you, you if you swallow it without even tasting it, you're missing an important component. Chewing, imbuing that food with saliva, it goes into the stomach, it gets turned into chyme, this liquid, and it goes into the intestines, and, you know, that's an important step. So if you say to yourself, oh, I don't have time to really change my diet, or... I refuse to give up cheese or whatever. Well, maybe doing things like chewing your food, eating a little bit more slowly, mm. um, just being a little kinder to yourself, right. good for the digestion, your skin will show that. Mm-hmm. So that's super important. If you have skin conditions, definitely acupuncture can help you. Um There are things like pearl powder, which is just as neat and exotic as it sounds. Um, I can put it on the face um, for spots, rough patches, what have you. Um, Depending on herbs, here's a story. I had one patient who hated needles. So as soon as I got certified to practice Twinod body work, mm-hmm. started coming, left student clinic and came and saw me in my office, and I did Twinod treatment. And this patient used to get these sort of hard, crusty moles that the the dermatologist would take off and say, "Oh, it's nothing." So we already knew it was it was not cancer. Mm-hmm. And he developed one on his face. 
and we still kick ourselves for not taking a picture of this. But um, he didn't want to go get it cut off because it was on a spot in his mm. face where it would have left a scar. And we already had, you know, the history. He knew that it wasn't cancer. So I said, okay, fine. I would feel better if you came to student clinic so my teacher, who is a doctor, can look and make mm. sure, just because I wasn't licensed yet, and I can give him also an herbal prescription as an intern at the time. Now I can give herbal prescriptions, mm -hmm. but as an intern I couldn't. So my patient went and made some appointments for student clinic, and what I did in student clinic was something called surround dragon. And what you do is you surround that hot spot with needles of this size. That cleared the heat pretty mm. well. I gave him a prescription. Um, I believe it was Chai Hushubansan, I think, but don't remember, so don't quote me on that. But I gave him a prescription to help cool the system down, clear, clear some heat from the body, mm -hmm. and then primary treatment was with gua sha surrounding moving the heat out and it took about six treatments and it went away completely wow yeah and so he could have you know been compelled to go and get another biopsy and it was nothing you know and based on my experience now if someone came to me and had not been seen by an MD even though I knew what it was, I would still, because in Texas I'm not a primary care physician, mm -hmm. I would say I need you to go to right. your dermatologist and get this looked at. Um, but in this case, because they had such a history, and right. they went and had my teacher, who's a doctor, look, and it healed up just the way I thought. I thought it would take about six treatments. Everything I expected, that was fine. Wow. And no scar on the face. And another patient who had not ever had anything like that biopsied, and it, they got one on their face. And I said, okay, you got to go to the MD. So they went to the MD, and the MD sent them to the dermatologist. And the dermatologist said, I'm not sure what that is. We're going to biopsy it. So they biopsied it, and it was nothing. And they had a nice hole in their face. But, you know... If you're not sure, right. cancer's pretty vicious. So I said, well, let's do what we can with that. And so the needles did not help with this. The gua sha instrument helped with this. Hmm. And that is another thing that traditional Chinese medicine, if you get someone who does a lot of work with dermatology, which I do, I love dermatology. And <laughs> the skeleton is my favorite. Like, my number one is the human spine. It is like, <laughs> each vertebra is like an entity. It's like a universe unto itself. So the human spine is thrilling. But number two awesome, the skin. <laughs> the skin is thrilling. So um, if you get somebody who really geeks out about dermatology, that would be me or there are others, scars, I can help scar or TCM can help with scars. So what you do when someone has a scar is again you do surround dragon and then to just use a the jade instrument. Wow. It's amazing. So you don't have to get the laser treatment. 
you don't have to. I mean, it, it takes time, mm-hmm. but um, scars. Wow. Yeah. And then what about the little red dots that people get on the skin sometimes? Like the little cherry uh, red ones? Yeah. Or? Like angiomas, is that what they're that, called? Yep. Or? Mm-hmm. So for that, you would probably do some surround dragon um, with needles. You can get rid of that and then move chia blood with the gua sha instrument. Things like that are heat. Okay. So you're clearing the heat when you move that. Now, what you also want to do is ask yourself, where's this person getting the angioma? When do they have many of them? It can be a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So if they're starting to pop up with stuff, potentially you want to, you know, have them seen. Well, Texas, okay, so Texas law being what it is, and this is important, um, I can see a patient without an MD having spoken to them first, only under certain conditions. So if it's weight loss, um, chronic pain, smoking cessation, alcoholism, there, there are certain things that don't have to go to the MD first. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you have to have been seen once in the last year for it. So if you come in, and that is good protection. Mm-hmm. So if you come in with a strange lump, um, that's potentially cancerous, you have to have gone to the MD first right. before I can, and that protects you. Mm-hmm. But to go off on a tangent, here's another story. I had a patient who developed really alarming lumps in the breast, and they were waiting to go to their MD. Um, and this is someone I knew, this is a patient that I knew very well. So I did the exam and said, okay, knowing that this person was going to go to their MD in a week, I said, okay, based on what I can see, this is a potential, this is a potential, this is a potential. Let's see what your MD has to say. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being a benign condition. It wasn't, it wasn't a real major issue. But if they had come to me not planning to go to an MD, it would be remiss for me to say, oh, hey, I can, I can tell you what that is and right. treat that. That's just not appropriate. Right. You want to be able to kind of rule out the worst case scenarios, so to speak. Um, Law and ethics and patient safety. Patient safety is everything. Mm-hmm. So... You don't have to be. Some people feel happiest and safest when their MD is really involved in everything, and other people don't want MD at all. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we all know what the ethic and the law and the scope of practice is, we put the patient's benefit first. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so scars, um, lumps and bumps, rashes. Right. Here's another one. One of the reasons why I love skincare, one, and two, what got me into traditional Chinese medicine, um, I will get random bizarro rashes that go to the MD and they have nothing meaningful to say. I got this weird lump on my forehead. It looked like a zit, but it wasn't. 
and I went to the MD and the MD said, I'm going to have to send you to the dermatologist um, because it's going to leave a scar to take it out. So I went to the dermatologist and the dermatologist took it out. And about two years ago, because I go for acupuncture twice a month, minimum, mm -hmm. that's my vacation. I said to my teacher, oh, look. It's coming back. Do I have to go to the dermatologist or you can fix it? Can you fix this? And now I could actually fix it myself, but back then I couldn't. He kind of made a face, popped in, you know, and circled it, and it went away. I did not have to go to the dermatologist. Hmm. Does that seem to happen often where maybe somebody has something, they get it removed, and then it comes back? If you don't get rid of the original problem, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. It's How again, frustrating would that be? Oh, yeah. I would not have been happy to go back and get the same surgery again. Yeah. And, and I mean, I can't see anything no, on your nothing. face. I mean, like you don't have any scar or anything mm -mm. No, from that. Mm -mm. Wow. Intriguing. So, but see, each person is different. Mm -hmm. With things like skin cancer, you really have to be careful. Right. So it's... You know, it's always important to know your body and to at least be checking in. Mm -hmm. And it's a law. I mean, it's right. important that we know the law, too, and follow right. it. Interesting. Patient safety. That's <laughs> but back to this, though. So things like rashes. Um, so, for instance, my skin, I will get, or I used to, I don't anymore, um, just these bizarre random rashes and I would go to the doctor and the doctor would say oh idiopathic urticaria which means we don't know what that is and want to give me steroid creams and it never helped and then I found Chinese medicine and now I don't get those rashes anymore but wow. when I got them the first round my teachers just gave me herbs so it really depends if you've got eczema, if you've got like weeping sores, stuff like that. Generally, that is internal heat, and mm. you absolutely have to get some herbs and you know do the work. Skin serious skin stuff can can be time consuming to right. fix, but once you fix it, it stays fixed. Wow! So it's worth it. And then kind of venturing back, you know, maybe out of the more. Um, potentially complicated, intense issues, sure, yeah. general things like women want to have um, healthier, younger looking skin, diminishing wrinkles, things like that. <laughs> the, the little needles, needles again. Needles. Um, so is it, I know you talked about, you know, moving the fluids, moving mm -hmm. the lymph, uh, letting the body let go of heat. Yeah. Um, and then that muscular component. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about the brow, I just realized, oh my God, am I furrowing my brow right now? Because I do this all the time. You know, whether we're like squinting to look at something or things start going bad and, and like I just, I'm almost hyper aware now of doing it because I was like, I got to stop doing that. I got to try and like, <laughs> I was like, do this like pulling out on my eyebrows because I noticed that I was always... Furrowing, furrowing, and and then like I'm like getting the lines up here now, and I'm like, oh no, but that concept of you know uh, hold, holding the face or holding a certain emotional thing, you yeah. know, and I see other people all the time now. 
Yeah. I'm just like in the grocery store and I'm hyper aware of like, wow, that poor like woman's eyebrow just like it seems like it's stuck like that you know and so I just you know we could talk about a component of you know bringing your attention to the common expressions and I always try to remind people like are you furrowing your brow are you clenching your jaw and almost always went at least I know that was for me when I started bringing my attention to it I'd be like oh my gosh I am I'm totally clenching my jaw right now. I'm totally, you know, furrowing my whole forehead is just like, you know, clenched. Um, Bringing our attention to some of those areas. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, simple things like using the the jade instruments. Would you recommend that like once a week, once a day? How Um, How many minutes a day do you need to do to have some benefit? I would do maybe the gua sha tool, maybe a couple times a week. Um, you don't have to do it a lot. Um, know your face. So I would start the jade roller is easier mm. um, just because who doesn't, I mean, you can just roll away. And, you know, <laughs> it's fun and it's mm-hmm. easy. So jade rolling um, once a day is could be great, um, at least four times a week. Um, but, you know, maybe ten minutes just looking at yourself and maybe use it as a chance to check in with yourself. Mm. One of the things, this sounds really funny, people are touch-starved. Like, when's the last time you ever really touched your face and said, oh, what's going on with my face? Where, mm. where is my face in space, right? What's, what about my jaw? What, you know, rough patches? Or how, how am I doing? When's the last time you really touched your face? I mean, other than just now when I was <laughs> pointing out my forehead. But, I mean, I don't know. I when I wash my makeup off at night, maybe. But do you pay attention? But no. Do you listen to your Do you listen to your expressions? See, people don't listen to themselves. They don't. They don't. You know, it's just kind of circling the eyes or the tips of your fingers. Really nice for you. Doing stuff like looking from side to side, looking up and down, just getting a little bit of different movement in the face, mm. or just gently and with kindness. Working on your jaw underneath, you know, right in yeah. front of the ears here. So many times people have um, a tight jaw and they don't even realize how tight their jaw is. Right. That makes a difference in what your face looks like. Or what if you have a stuffy nose and rotten allergies? What you do is you put your, your fingers next to your nostrils and you press and just make gentle circles and that can help release tension and tightness um, and sinus congestion. Wow. So you're not stretching your skin and you want to make sure you have, you know, reasonably clean hands, but just checking in with your own face and giving yourself some some loving attention makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And self-acceptance is important too. So if you, for instance, like I have a friend who is just marvelous and also has a med spa and so does Botox and all of this kind of stuff. And they wanted to try doing something about my lines like this. And I said, why would I do that? I've had these lines since I was maybe 17. 
I go through life with my eyebrows raised. I am interested in everything. So of course my eyebrows are always up, up to my hairline. I wouldn't look like me with with a smooth forehead. I just wouldn't. Now I'm <laughs> lazy and I need to get off my buns and, you know, practice what I preach and do a little bit on, on my middle lines. But the reality is these lines here, I had them... Yeah, I'm going to say probably by the time I was 20 years old. So you look at your own face, and if, if you have a happy smile and smile lines from your happy smile, do you really want to get rid of those smile lines? Because I bet the people who love seeing your beautiful smile look at your smile lines and say, oh, that's, mm -hmm. that's part of that. I know, and I actually I think about that. Sometimes, you know, when I'm smiling. But, yeah, I have that same exact sentiment. I'm like, well, I don't want to, like, I don't want to affect my ability to smile and do those things. And, like, you think about Botox. I just think of it like you're going to, like, insert some cement into your face or something. I mean, not only does that sound really unpleasant, but then, you know, you think about the, um, you know, I guess it's kind of the uh, not... Maybe it's like a caricature of Botox, but like yeah, the face is literally frozen and you have like no expressions or whatever. But even if it was like a more mild degree of that, I would like I still don't feel comfortable with it. Um, and you had mentioned something about uh, like Botox injections and between the really, eyes versus yeah. over here. Can you go into that a little? Sure, absolutely. So what, what got me on that was, as I said, when I was in student clinic... And I did my seminars to learn how to do the facial rejuvenation. Anytime I saw someone with lines on their forehead, I would say, I'm studying facial rejuvenation. Do you mind terribly if, you know, so someone comes in for anxiety and they've got lines and I say, can I? And people would let me because, you know, who doesn't want to get rid of their lines. So I, what I realized is people would get up and say, wow, I feel so much calmer. I feel so good. And that got my mind clicking. And I started thinking to myself, expression, mood, mood, expression. So I started doing some research on the topic because I love research. And sure enough, as I mentioned, UT Austin had a study and some other MD in Germany also did a study on facial expression and mood and how the judicious use of Botox could either enhance or decrease feelings of sadness and depressed people. So if you can't wrinkle, um, you get the Botox here and you can't, between the eyebrows, you mm -hmm. can't wrinkle. The depression symptoms were lesser, but if they put them on the smile lines, people were a little more depressed. Not hugely, but enough that they noticed. Mm -hmm. And so if someone comes in and they're interested in getting facial rejuvenation acupuncture, and I talk to them about diet and mood and this, that, and the other, and I'm watching their face, and I notice that there's, there's sort of this repetitive expressiveness going on that's marked and etched on the face potentially if it's not working for that person that's something to change so you're not just looking better you're feeling better mm. it's worth it yeah and you maybe get a little bit of both of them bleeding both. into each other exactly. Um, exactly you had pointed out a couple of um i guess like 
acupressure points, whatever, on the nose. Can you maybe yeah. point out some other ones on the face? Sure, let's see. So one really nice thing you can do is just gently circle your eyes like so. So coming mm -hmm. up and over the brows and up like this. And you're not pressing super hard. You're moving puffiness. So mm -hmm. if you've got puffiness, you can do like this at most puffiness. That's very nice. Um, another really nice one is pressing at the top of here or pressing here can help be calmer. So mm. just sort of gently massaging right in here and then coming down in here and pressing right between the eyebrows and just sort of gentle circle. Nothing too crazy. That's a good one. Um, and then doing circles at the jawline. So mm. circles at the jawline, and you can start, grasp the chin gently and pinch your way up. Pinch, so pinching from the chin and kind of going along here and then getting to the jawline and giving yourself a little bit of a massage. Mm. And then from there, you know, rolling with the jade roller and that can tighten up the jaw. Wow. So make you feel calmer because your jawline is less tight. Mm -hmm. Or your your the hinges of your jaw are less tight, and you feel better because you've tightened the jawline up a little bit. Wow, mm. very interesting. And then are those little pressure points kind of the same as some of the the acupuncture points that oh, you yeah. would use oh, needles? Absolutely. So you will put generally you put needles here, you needle up in here. Um, it really depends on on the face and the case. Mm -hmm. So you can these baby needles. Um, you do um, the little wrinkles, and it's very surfacey. So you're not going deep. You're not doing anything with the muscles. You're just adding collagen, lessening the wrinkles. So that's the little guys. Um, it just sort of depends on where on the face you're working, but I've seen a whole face full of needles and I've done a whole face full of needles and other people, they just need some. It really depends. Mm -hmm. It depends on also what the person likes because if you're going to be super anxious with a face full of needles, then we'll find something else find that something can work else for you. That works for you. Yeah, even if it's the no needle protocol. Mm -hmm. What I really like about the no needle protocol that I developed is the jawline. Everybody wants a nice jawline. Mm -hmm. You get a good jawline with that. Cupping. So you don't have to have needles unless you want them. Okay. And then this may be kind of an interesting question, but if I could ask something like, what are the factors that are maybe creating so many skin issues mm -hmm. and early aging of the skin? Oh, sure. Um, so we know that, you know, this natural aging process, our cells kind of lose, you know, as we age, they kind of lose their ability a little bit to heal and repair. Maybe they don't produce as much collagen. But what are some maybe other factors um, that are yeah contributing to like early aging of the skin. Sure, absolutely. So things like a poor diet um, that really can can hurt your skin. Um, aller 
allergies to, you know, inflammation. Mm -hmm. Again, food is everything. That's an issue. Stress. 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 <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, you know that there's a difference between stress and toxic stress. I'm talking mm. toxic stress. Um, environmental can make a big difference. So if there's lots of smog where you are, um, you don't use a decent sunscreen, um, sitting, sitting, you know, inside under fluorescent lights all day long without mm -hmm. getting some fresh air, that unbalanced life mm. will make a mess of your face. A healthy face is a beautiful face and everybody is different the idea that there's one lovely face and it has no wrinkles and no blemishes and no marks of the life history oh horse cakes uh, you know your your natural face is an expression of who you are mm -hmm. and so when you care for yourself and you treasure yourself for who you are it shows on your face and your face is beautiful mm. And can you maybe, you know, because I know in terms of the diet, yeah. we've definitely talked a lot um, on our channel and on this podcast about, you know, processed foods and just there's um, general tendency towards people are eating highly processed foods and they're just not eating enough of the healthy things, the fruits, the vegetables that actually give them all of the nutritional components that help make the healthy cells in yeah, the body. Um, but are there any like specifics you can point to? Like I've heard about um, like milk as an example and dairy products tend to cause inflammation. I've known people in my life that cut milk out of their diet and an entire lifetime of acne like Just clears. Um, yeah. <laughs> so maybe some like yeah. other, are there other specifics like that that seem to come up commonly? Sure. Absolutely. So Different people, everybody's different, mm -hmm. so it's hard to generalize, but yes, when you identify milk as a problematic food substance, yeah. So if you are mucousy or you tend towards allergies and you're a big milk drinker, that can change. Mm. Um, another one, gluten. Some people, they're just sensitive to it. It doesn't mean that they're celiac. It just means that they're sensitive. So if you have stress and you're tired and you are drinking lots of milk and eating lots of gluten, gluten foods, maybe just taking out the milk will settle you enough that you can keep eating gluten if it's such a big deal. Mm. Maybe you have to go on a complete cleaning diet for six months till your gut's repaired and then start um, introducing things back in. Mm -hmm. But things like um, pre-prepared food that are full of, of chemicals, like you read the ingredients list and... You have no idea what, what any of any of those things are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get up and you don't eat breakfast. You wolf down your Starbucks sugar, sugar, or you know, 
There are so, so much, there is so much sugar in those drinks. And, you know, and that's something I've done um, in some of the videos is actually like count out the sugar packets in different things. And I'll be like, hey, you know, there's 16 sugar packets worth of sugar in this drink. Yes. Like, have you ever added 16 packets of sugar to something? Like, when you get your tea and you add sugar, have you ever added 16 16. packets? Because I think that there's just such a, um, you know, just this element where people are um, so unaware of what they're really consuming. Yes. That, like, you give them something like, oh, you know, cut your sugar intake or do this. And it's like until you can get a realistic idea really of how much sugar you're consuming, how do you reduce it? How do you cut it down? So, um, Sugar, salt, for mm. instance, um, people who want to eat lots of lunch meat, okay, God bless, but lunch meat is not a nutritious substance. Again, with the ingredient list where you turn it over and you're like, why does my turkey have 25 different weird chemicals in it. Like, I didn't know these chemicals were in the turkey. So shopping, you know, if you're going to eat animal products, getting them from the actual butcher department. So you know that you're getting, like, this is just turkey. Yes. Or it's just beef or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Eating less meat if you can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But sugar, salt. And sometimes people don't get a variety of, a lot of times people don't get a variety. So if you eat the same thing over and over and over, that is a recipe for developing poor gut health, which in turn will turn you into an inflamed Mm. individual, which, and it'll come out one way or the other, either, um, let's just talk poop. You know, you'll end up with um, an irritable bowel, constipated, diarrhea, who knows. But the bowels will will complain first. Or maybe you start having um, rashes on your face or bloating in your gut. But if, if, you know, you eat the same thing over and over and over, avocado toast, kale, my little smoothie... Um, and it sets people up for food binges. So limited number of, of nutrients punctuated by Hmm. orgies of, 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 you know, unhealthy stuff. The binging, like you're, you're, um, spending so much time restricting calories, restricting foods that you inevitably end up. Going nuts. nuts And either that diet is just not able to be maintained and you end up binging on terrible foods. Whereas if you had just, you know, eaten eaten a less restrictive diet. And variety. Yeah. You can have something that's more sustainable so that you avoid these times where you go, quote unquote, off your diet and end up binging on things and maybe like creating this situation is actually worse (laughs) than if you had just like taken a um, approach of moderation to begin with. Moderation is key. Yeah. I'm Sicilian American. I lived in Spain. I've lived in Italy. Um... I have patients say, oh, I like to have a glass of wine with dinner. And I say, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine. 
Um, I don't feel that a restricted, miserable diet is a way to live. We only live once, mm. right? So enjoying your food and paying attention to what you're eating, there's, that's not a crime. Also, let's think to ourselves, where does the food come from? Mm. Just paying attention to the food on your plate. Look at it before you start eating. And so, you had talked about just the, like, mindful eating piece, mindful like, that you eating. just slow down, slow chew down, your chew food more thoroughly, which is, you know, again, you know, we talked in the last podcast that we just live in this, like, super fast-paced lifestyle, um, and myself included. I find myself in those situations where I'm, like, sitting there, I'm trying to, you know, cram a bunch of food into a certain amount of time, and, and I'll sometimes have that little light bulb go off. It's like, oh, Karina... You're doing all of those things that you try to recommend people to not do. And I have to, like, check myself a little bit. Um, So, you know, I think it's um, one of those areas where, you know, again, back to that concept of balance, you know, that you do your best. But you also know that we're human. And we live in this environment and there's no changing this environment. So how do we, you know, find find a way to adapt and still be – um, you know, doing something that's sustainable, doing something that brings us happiness. But I think it's so interesting to hear that, you know, maybe what's causing your skin issues is actually inside your belly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. And then you think about the prevalence of digestive issues and, you know, I mean, Tums as like maybe this uh, – you know, it's almost a joke that like everyone has their tums and people are popping tums all the time. And you just kind of understand like, oh, like digestive issues are really, really common. And if you see that as a link towards the skin, yeah. maybe that like Ooh. shines a really bright light on this issue. Oh, absolutely. Um, not to mention all of the um, other discomforts that come when your digestive tract isn't working the way it should. Um, but for all of the people who are maybe like stuck on that aesthetic, uh, aesthetic piece and trying to figure out what, you know, what's going on with the skin, they would actually like scale it back to this question of what, what can I do to, to just start improving my diet yes. or just start improving my relationship with food that I'm not like eating so quickly and you know, uh, giving myself this restrictive diet in the morning and then binging on a gigantic gallon of ice cream at night because you've created such a big caloric deficit. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. Exactly. And, it, you know, it, you make a good point. It is a challenge. It's a practice. Um, you've spoken about larger culture and the cultural moment within which we live. Eating decently and 
eating well is you know eating with with love is is tough mm. it's tough um when i was still in student clinic i used to laugh about it because i'd come from class classes down south go up because i was a northy that was where my teacher was um and i'd run in the herb store and i'd get myself um a granola bar and i'd say to the person at the front oh I'm going to wolf this down so that I have time in the next 15 minutes to sit down and lecture my next patient about eating well. <laughs> yep. So, and it's true. And I would gulp this down. And then the other day, um, most of the time, my office, my primary office is up north, but I still maintain down south Austin on Mondays. It's real convenient location and that's where I got my start and so on and so forth so um but one day I had patients all morning up north oh no 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 I had patients all morning and then I had to go at Laura's for a late one and I had I hadn't eaten and so I went to Randall's because that was I'm up by I'm on Spicewood Springs over by the Torchies Another healthy option. Exactly. And I love torchies, but not. I, I cannot wolf down torchies and then go oh my gosh. treat patients with a straight face. So I went to the Randalls, and I'm looking around, and frankly, there was nothing. There was nothing to eat. Nothing that I could pick up quickly and eat before seeing patients. So eventually, I found a bag of nuts. And that's I ate a handful of nuts, and that's what I got to eat before. Oh, bless your heart! <laughs> exactly, but there was nothing there. It wasn't. It wasn't like the deli. Bless their hearts. I did just. It, yeah. So it's tough. So you have to plan ahead, um, and then. You know, it's tough to bring, but but if you know your skin and what. You, What's going on with the skin is important. Or in my case, um, I don't feel like I can sit down and look at patients and talk about living well and taking care of yourself and mm. da, 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 when I'm eating garbage. Right. That's just not authentic. I have to be authentic. People mm -hmm. will believe me if I can talk about, yeah, well, sometimes I have struggles too, but this is the way I do it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise... You know, and if you really look, a lot of medical care providers do not look healthy. If you really look... You don't really have to look that hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, and then when you're in the hospital and, you know, because there have been a couple times, like I mentioned, my mom was in the hospital for a while. Um, you know, when you're, when you're in the hospital and you go down into the cafeteria, it's very grim. Yeah. Every vending machine. And yet there's Coke machines and junk food in the vending machines everywhere. I couldn't even find a bag of nuts in the vending machine that didn't have, you know, MSG and all kinds of stuff on it. Exactly. Um, but anyways, I could do a whole, oh, <laughs> a whole discussion could. on food. Yeah. But to bring it back to the skin, you know, I'm curious – um, so much of our conversation has talked about the internal components, oh, internal. but yep. what about topicals for the skin? Topicals. Again, maybe like a multi-million or billion dollar industry. Sure. Do we need to have 
a cream at night and a this and hyaluronic acid. And I mean, there's just so many different things for the skin. But what do we really need topicals for our skin? Um, you know, it all depends on you. <laughs> so I like stuff like just basic, plain, like body shot, for instance. The least ingredients possible, um, although... Yeah, so least ingredients, but Avita has good product. Um, but just a nice wash, um, a moisturizer if you get dry skin. Um, speaking for myself, I have you know typical Southern Italian skin, so I oil my skin. Mm -hmm. um, but it just really depends on you. Um, but lots and lots of stuff and all sorts of crazy, no. If you eat well and take good care of yourself, you really don't need all that stuff. Mm. So even if you say, okay, it tends to be pricey to get facial rejuvenation acupuncture, and it is pricey, um, you talk to your practitioner about a skincare regimen, and that right there is an investment that will right. change in the diet. Um being a little less crazy with all the stuff that you have to, you think you have to buy, diet will fix most of it. Wow. And a lot of other issues as well. Because oh, I know most of the women that I know, I mean, yeah. they have a huge regimen of different skincare products and this thing and that thing. And I mean, there's a lot of money that's spent yes. on all these products. And so this stuff is sold to us. It's sold especially to women after a certain age if you don't have all these ducks lined up in a row you are no longer beautiful you are no longer attractive men won't like you um, I say BS I spent most of my 20s in living in Spain and some of the time in Italy and in my previous career Spanish professor surrounded by Latin Americans, Spaniards, Italians, so on and so forth. And I missed the memo that you're no longer beautiful after the age of 30. That's just not the way it works in Europe. And so with good genes and a bad attitude, you can be marvelous forever. And if you don't have the good genes, you try a little harder with your acupuncture and you might have to be more careful with your, with, with your diet. But the reality is the notion that you're not beautiful after a certain age, horse cakes. Horse cakes. I love that horse expression. Cakes. I'm going to have to start <laughs> using that. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, yeah, you touch on something which I know hits hits home for me and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, which is that, yeah, in the United States, there's this huge emphasis on youth and young, looking young, looking younger. All of the celebrities are really, really young. Um, and, and filters, it, yeah, filters. Okay, I have to interrupt you. I am miss super social media. Just let me come put that out there in the world. It's fun. Um, so the Twitter. Oh my goodness. I'm on several um, what you call plastic surgeon Twitter accounts. So I get there's apparently there is a, a marketing push to get. 
interventions done on young women for prom. Prom. So starting young female persons at their teenage years, letting them know that they're not pretty enough, that they have to go in and get an intervention. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Mm. And then I read another article recently about people getting plastic surgery so that their selfie looks better, the selfie picture. Okay, that's ridiculous. So people who are, are, you know, in their 20s and 30s and in the real crest of Internet culture are basically being brainwashed to think that what's attractive is, you know, what are those dreadful Kardashian persons? Um with the, the the Photoshop and the filters and this one and that one. And that's not a real face. That's right. not a real body. And, you know, I think that working with people who have very serious illnesses and pains, a healthy body or the healthiest body that you can achieve, given what you've got, mm-hmm. um... That's beautiful. Yeah. And the idea that you have to try and mold yourself into something that's that's Instagram worthy. Oh, BS. That is the big steaming pile of horse cakes right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? And just, you know, and kind of as a natural, um, you know, kind of stemming off of that thought, you know, just this... Uh, concept has kind of gotten turned upside down that like where like beauty iconically you think of it as like the beauty reflects the health of that person you talk about like the beauty within the beauty on the outside but our culture has really turned it upside down where now what we are being told is beautiful and like you said brainwashed to associate with being beautiful is is the complete opposite it's unnatural it's in many cases not healthy healthy. and I mean definitely in the weight loss industry you can see that like a lot of those um you know, what's kind of being portrayed as the goal or whatever really should not be anyone's goal because it's just, it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. Um, there was an interview with, um, I think it was Cindy Crawford many years ago. And she said, you know, I see a picture of myself in a magazine or a billboard. I don't recognize myself. Wow. Like even this drop dead, beautiful supermodel, she gets Photoshopped so much. Yeah. So much that, like, she sees the picture and she's like, it doesn't even look like me. And that was mm-hmm. such an eye-opener for me to go, like, you know, we hold all of these people on this pedestal. But even for them, like, they're not good enough for yeah. this for the mainstream standard. Like, you know, and, and like you said, the Kardashians or whoever, I mean, they're all getting photoshopped and airbrushed and all of this. And you can see all kinds of videos where they'll, you know compare it. Now I'm seeing all these videos where it's like showing the progress of the person getting plastic surgery. And, you know, it's, it's just becoming such a, um, you know, such a kind of upside down, you know, movement or whatever, um, that I hope that things can start to regress in this area where we actually start to see beauty as, 
um, as the reflection of health. And yeah. it's a healthy person and a happy person that is the and pinnacle then, of beauty. Yeah, let me say one thing, though. Some people that in the chronic illness community, they're never going to achieve a level of health. So, for instance, there's a lovely, lovely um, YouTube sensation, Claire Wine. Claire Wineland. Yeah. That's my cousin. <gasps> no. I know. Okay, I know. I love her. I love her. I just I sent her around. I just sent her around. So, that was a beautiful person she Mm -hmm. was just marvelous what was in her heart I know I know such such an inspiration I mean it was so hard and somehow she was still able to put out this love and this beauty and and wanting to help other people and that's yeah such an inspiration exactly so when we talk about health you've got to realize different people are given different different versions of health we Mm -hmm. all have a body you take what you've got and you make the best of it and that is beautiful yeah i actually just sent on my facebook page uh the um there's a video story about her recently and spoke about what a beautiful beautiful wonderful Mm -hmm. inspiration she was how marvelous i know you must miss her and feel sad but the loving memories that you have and the knowledge of all the hearts that this young woman touched. Mm -hmm. And I know that she would want us to remember her in that way as this bright shining light shining on everyone um, and, and helping to give all of us just that little bit of extra strength to like push forward through whatever it is that's holding us back. Um, And no matter what hand you're dealt That you don't use that as an excuse to be angry or be mean to other people. That whatever that is, you are um, finding that channel or whatever, that mechanism to be able to share positivity and lighten the world. Um, And like you said, so many of us are, are, we're fixated on, you know, our, that we have, you know, too many wrinkles on our face or whatever. And it definitely gives you the perspective to think of, you know, how many people are struggling just to, you know, just to even wake up every day or go through the day without pain or, or whatever. And it gives you that perspective to, you know, be grateful for what we have and, um, and not let those, you know, minor things, because yeah. realistically, the aesthetic is a minor thing in the grand scheme of it things. Is, but you know what? What I'll say is that if you look at it as an external thing, then it's frivolous. Nothing's wrong with being frivolous. But if you look at it as one more way to love and honor yourself and be the best you can be, mm. then it's more of a healthy thing. Right. But again, that keeping in mind that different people have different hands that they were dealt with health-wise, whatever you have and wherever you are, honoring yourself, knowing yourself, empowering yourself, being for Claire, okay, can you, do you want to tell our audience just what her condition was real quick? Um, Claire was suffering with cystic fibrosis. Um, and yeah, like I said, she, 
I don't know the exact number, but I mean, she spent a lot of time in the hospital. And then even when she was not in the hospital, she would have to have um, these very intensive breathing treatments all the time. Cystic fibrosis is um, like too much mucus in the lungs. So essentially every breath that she was taking was a struggle for her life. Um, When she was a teenager, the doctors, you know, said that if she, if she had a, even a few more years, that would be surprising. She lived to be 21, yep. which is incredible Amazing. for someone with such a case of cystic fibrosis. And I do think that her positivity and her decision that she made yep. to try and, despite all of those things, still be um, an inspiration, yeah. a positivity, and to try and help other people that we're also going through that same struggle um, to try and inspire them. And, you know, she had shared a story once that, you know, she was in the hospital and um, there was another patient and they were so angry. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, said, you know, I can, I can understand why they're angry. Like there's that thing in me that would want to be angry. She made a decision to not I mean, and I don't think that she, I'm sure that she felt frustration. She felt anger. I'm sure that she felt those things, but she didn't let that overshadow what she wanted to really represent. She wanted to be positivity and she wanted to help encourage people that, you know, to know that like you can make a decision in how you live your life. And that even if you are handed this very, very difficult hand, it's still your decision yep. whether you are going to, you know, let that make you just really angry yeah. to where like, I mean, she was saying, you know, this person was like cursing at all the doctors and all the nurses. And it's like, I, really scared. Oh, so scared. Yeah, so scared. And I know that and I know that Claire was scared and I don't know how she somehow managed to probably be the most courageous person I've ever known. She's Certainly I've ever known personally. Um, amazing. Yeah, and I know that now she would want us to remember her that way. She wants us to remember the light and more than anything she wants us to be the light. Yeah. You know, um for other people. I think that's beautiful. I, you know, that's how it's, that's that's what we can all aspire to. Yeah. And I just have to say, I'm so moved that that we're sharing this conversation. <laughs> I really, yeah. And I think this is something that you know we all we all have someone in our lives yeah. who, you know, yeah, has been dealt that difficult hand. And faces every single day that really difficult decision. Like, do I just give up? Do I just lash out? Do I just let all of these angers of fear and frustration, like, pour out of me in a kind of flood of negativity? Or, like, how can I... Take it up and give in and make the best of it. Yeah. And not only that, but to reach out and and bring positivity and hope to other people. Yeah. Um, incredibly selfless, incredibly courageous. Um, she was yeah. a shining light for sure. Mm-hmm. She was a shining light for sure. To stay in you forever. Yeah. She definitely, definitely will always be in our in our hearts and 
you know, anyone who ever knew her or ever met her or ever even just watched one of her little videos, videos will never forget amazing. her. We'll never forget never. her. This, this, is, this is what we can all aspire to. One thing in American society, Mexican is not like this, Chico uh, 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 Sicilian is not like this, Spanish isn't like this. Americans are afraid of death. And so working with people, I do have a couple terminal clients, patients, mm -hmm. who come to me for anxiety and stress and this and that. And um, to be able to just talk about death and what's coming, mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to listen. You have to be present for that person. It's not a question of, you know, there's nothing to be done. Right. You know, and maybe the ideal is if the person has, you know, some, some other resources... The, 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 the idea that a good attitude will keep you alive longer, that's unfair. Because if, you know, the cancer is advanced enough, all the good attitude in the world isn't going to keep you alive. If, you know, the mm -hmm. lung transplant doesn't take, that's the way it goes. Right. So one wishes to hesitate before saying, oh, that great attitude. But the reality is that... Just because you have a terminal condition does not mean you're going to die tomorrow, maybe. Mm -hmm. And even if you are, if the people around you are present with you and listen to you and you're able to be who you are authentically, mm -hmm. it's a lot less painful. Right. It's when we try and pretend something's not happening or... We give in to fear. Like, what I really loved about Claire the most was she did not sugarcoat her situation. You know, you'd mm -hmm. see her videos when she had her thing in. You'd see her videos of, of the hospital room. She wasn't trying to pretend that it was rainbows and sunshine. Right. But she was her authentic self always. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that that was a marvelous lesson for anybody with a terminal condition. Yeah. And living is a terminal condition. It's true. So. It's very true. Well, Dr. Bruno, I want to thank you so thank much you. for being here. I am so much looking forward to having you on the program again soon. And just uh, thank you so much for all of your time here today. My pleasure. Certainly an honor. Definitely. I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the Wellness Plus podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Paola Bruno, you can visit twoheartswellness.com. You can also find the video versions of these interviews along with hundreds of other health and wellness videos on wellnessplus.tv. I want to thank you all for being here today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved.